Hello again, foodish mortals, and welcome back for part two of our episode on food and wine. In part one, I introduced my Eat to the Beat reporters, Sam and Shantae. So let's pick back up with our discussion of this year's A Taste of Epcot International Food and Wine Festival to get an idea on what all of you foodish mortals should experience at this year's festival. So take our listeners the way the two of you want. So I feel like that's a very controversial topic, whether or not you go left or right. (laughs) It is because we actually had that debate when we were walking in, which way do we go first? Because we did enjoy Test Track before we started the World Showcase. So once we got off that ride, we stood for a few minutes, actually, and had that debate of which way do we go? And it took us a few minutes to actually decide. Yeah, so controversy. We ended up deciding as a group to go left towards Mexico. Did you play rock, paper, scissors to make that decision or take a <laughs> hand boat or a secret ballot or what? It was surprising. I think 444 always go to Mexico. I think mostly because we all wanted to start the day with a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the major deciding factor in deciding which way to go was margarita. Well, speaking of the margaritas, what different flavor do they offer? There is a lot of different margaritas. I know that they have a smoky margarita made with a mezcal. They had a regular traditional margarita. There's a blackberry margarita. So there's two different types. There's on the rocks and there's frozen. One thing to actually know about the margaritas, though, is that most of the on the rocks are already pre-mixed. So they come out of the soda dispenser. The gun. Yeah, is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. So most of the margaritas that are pre-mixed come out of the the soda dispenser or the soda gun. So they're not made directly in front of you. So some individuals have said that they're not as strong as they would like, but I do find that they have a variety of flavors of both on the rocks and frozen margaritas. What was the first place you came to, the first place you stopped? So we stopped at Earth Eats first, which would never in a million years be the first place that I would choose and stop to eat at, but we did. And Earth Eats is the plant-based booth that has many menu items made from the impossible meat, which is just like that soy and potato oil combination, which I'm a meat girl and I love steak. So this would never originally be my choice, but we were with two individuals who only eat plant-based. So we stopped there. And I am thoroughly impressed by the two options that we had. We had the Impossible Farmhouse Meatball and the Impossible Burger Slider. And I really enjoyed both of them. So I did not try the options from this place. I have had Impossible Burgers before. I'm sure they'll taste a little bit different, but it looked phenomenal. It didn't look like it was lacking anything. And the, the general consensus of the rest of the group that tried it they thought it was great. Yeah, I was impressed with both the meat flavor, but also the flavors that were encompassed in both these options. So the meatball was in a sort of lentil bread and had this herb dressing that was on top of it. And not only did the meatball have flavor, but the other flavors really meshed well together within it so that your bite was, what's that word that you say when all the flavors melt in your mouth and it tastes delicious than that like umami yes okay so that's that's the word you i had that moment of am i eating a meatball or a soy based product it was very confusing for my mouth but that that meatball was very yummy and then the impossible burger slider had a type of wasabi cream on it and an asian slaw and again the flavor combination of that was that was my my top choice, my top favorite for any of the options that we had had, which was, again, surprising for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a carnivore and just can't wrap my brain around a plant-based meat or a plant-based burger. So that's good to know that it was yummy and that you enjoyed it. I would say give it a try if you haven't. And if you don't like it, you can go to another stand and get something else because you're on your way and going around World Showcase and Epcot. But. Well, I can tell you, I think the next stand is where I would definitely want to get something because Earth Eats is right outside of Mexico. Is that correct? Yes. There are no booths or marketplaces in Future World. There usually are in the Test Track Pavilion and in the Land Pavilion, but as of right now, there are not. 
again, there are boosts that are there, but nothing is being served yet. So it potentially leads us to think that over time, there might be more development and additional booths to go. As we approach the normal time frame for food and wine, you think there may be more booths added or, or opened up? I believe so, because they did decide to open the festival early. And I believe they're still bringing cast members back into the parks because I know I spoke with a few different cast members who normally actually don't work in Epcot. They work in different resorts, but they were brought in to work in the park to serve and kind of distribute the food and work the festival. So they're pulling their resources where they can, I believe, until they get either cultural representatives or they can get more cast members back into the parks. That was one thing I noticed was that there are no cultural representatives right now in the park. So normally in Epcot, when you go to the different pavilions in World Showcase, you'll be able to talk to people who are actually from those countries. And right now they just don't have that because I know prior to Disney shutting down or after Disney decided to close, a lot of the cultural representatives went home. That is true. I did I did forget that we had mentioned that comment before being in Epcot and not having each cultural or each country represented. It was just cast members who are full-time who work for Disney and some weren't even in their their actual home location. So yeah, that was definitely a difference. But I think exactly right that those changes will happen over time and allow expansion. So the the location that you were talking about, Joel, is not a booth for the festival, but it is a booth that is there all the time and is open during regular moments. Is it the normal margarita booth? Yes. I've mentioned it only because I think you can also get empanadas there. And I am a huge fan of empanadas. So even if I am stuffed and can't hold another bite of anything, I would have to stop and get an empanada. So, and I believe their empanadas there at that location are filled with uh, barbacoa or barbecue beef and topped with chipotle sauce with a Mexican cream and uh, queso fresco. So, got my mouth watering right now. So, we did end up enjoying those empanadas with our margaritas. Like we said, we all were all really excited to be back in Epcot and have those margaritas. So, the empanadas were definitely a top choice on what we wanted to try, and they were delicious. They were fantastic and it had just enough spice to it. It gave it a really great flavor, but it wasn't overwhelming. And it, the serving, it was two decent sized empanadas. I actually ended up cutting each one, I think, in half. And uh, we all got to try it, and it was very good. You know, a lot of people don't know what an empanada is. And in fact, my daughter in law, Kendra, didn't know until about a month ago. And, uh, I found a, an empanada place in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I thought, I've got to go back. And she said, what's an empanada? So I told her, it's a meat pie. They had 64 different flavors of empanadas there. So I got a few different flavors, took them back, and she loved it. So definitely, I'm a fan of empanadas. I was going to say, empanadas are definitely awesome in that you can put anything inside of them, but these empanadas having the barbacoa in it was just the perfect amount of combination of everything inside and outside of the empanada so yes the empanadas were delicious (laughs) (laughs) so moving on from mexico we ended up over in the china pavilion were you able to partake of anything there we did so i got the mongolian beef bao bun and that's always a favorite of mine anytime i've gone in the past I always have to stop and get the the bao bun from there. And of course, I love a good bao bun and they always cook it so perfectly. It's warm and soft. And then the Mongolian beef that's inside was cooked really well. It was tender and had a really good flavor to it. It had just a little bit of spice, but not overwhelming. It just was very good in it. it had some sauce with it. And then the veggies that they included on it, they had the green peppers and onions. And it shared the same type of sauce that they had, that Mongolian beef sauce. And they put it in the bao bun and gave it over. It's always good. It was just as good this year. And 
I really loved it. That's always one that I find is very consistent in China for some reason. That that bao bun, they always do such a nice job meshing together all the flavors and cooking it perfectly. I've never had a bad experience with that bao bun, but again, I also always get it just because it is so consistent. It's true. Well, and it is an amazing treat. I believe also at China, they also have chicken dumplings. They do. So it's interesting. In this booth for Flower and Garden before Disney ended up closing, they also had these chicken dumplings, but they had a different sauce on it. So when we went to this pavilion, I thought in my head, oh, I'm not going to get these chicken dumplings because they were the same that I just had a few months ago. But they actually were different, but we did not trial them. But again, I've heard actually really good things about these these chicken dumplings that are here for, for food and wine. Well, I'm afraid if I had been with two of you, I would have had to have had the bao bun and the chicken dumplings. But while I may have never been accused of being an overachiever, I am an overeater. So, you know, it's okay for me to do that. But also for people that may not have experienced food and wine, what you're getting is basically just a sampling of food. It's not like a big plate of food or, or normal size serving. It's just a, a sample. Correct. So the Mongolian beef bao bun, for example, it was just one bao bun with the filling inside. So correct. You're not getting a huge portion of everything that you order. Granted, there are some sandwiches or some plates that might have a little bit more to them, but you're not getting a full meal with every booth that you're ordering food from. So Shantae had a drink too in China. I did. I had the happy peach. So that has a peach liqueur and a dark rum. And normally I'd be all for that. I don't know if it was just the way it was made that day, but it had a little bit too much of the peach flavor to it. So it made it a little overwhelmingly sweet and kind of hard to drink. Maybe it needed like Sprite or something to cut it, maybe make it a little more acidic, but it wasn't too bad. But of course, how long was that following the margarita? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Margaritas are always nice and balanced. We never commented on that, but That's true. the margaritas are, I've never had a bad margarita in Epcot in the Mexico Pavilion. But this drink, I did not try it because like Shantae said, her face when she first drank it was like, ooh, that I'm not sure about that. So I didn't want to partake in, in something that maybe was not quite as delicious as, as that margarita I had. So what was next? So following the China Pavilion, we ended up in the American Pavilion, which had a booth located, if you're looking at the American Adventure Pavilion, on the right-hand side, kind of in the corner. There is a booth called Hops and Barley, and we were able to get a beer there which is actually a, a funny story about this beer. But we had beer and the lobster roll, and the lobster roll was one of my top five items from Food & Wine this year. It had warm lobster with a nice mayonnaise that had fresh herbs in it on a roll. And it again, the, there were huge chunks of lobster in there. I even had a, a big lobster claw in mine. So the lobster flavor was was definitely there with those big chunks and the roll had a nice amount of butter on it. And then the mayonnaise was nice to balance it all out inside, you know, the bun. And it was a nice amount of combinations of it all. And I think Shantae had also tried it. I did. I did get a chance to try the lobster roll and pretty much 100% agree with Sam. The roll was toasted, so it was just crunchy enough where it, it wasn't all just soft, <laughs> but the lobster was cooked beautifully and had a really good flavor to it. And you got a good amount of lobster with every bite. It was definitely worth going and getting. Sometimes when you make lobster that goes inside like a lobster roll, sometimes it can be overcooked and this one wasn't. And I kind of also did have the expectation that maybe it might've been being that we know that with food and wine and large events like this there needs to be things made ahead of time and so you kind of sometimes have to be picky and choosy on when you get items or when you don't get items but this lobster roll was balanced and great so what about the one story of the beer you had <laughs> i'm intrigued 
Yeah, so I had gotten a blonde ale. It was a coffee blonde ale. It was by Three Daughters Brewing, and it was a really nice amount of coffee flavor that lingered. It was very smooth. And one of the good things about most beer that is offered at Epcot for food and wine is that you get an option for either a 6-ounce or a 12-ounce. So you can either choose to try something for 6 ounces, and if you don't like it, you don't feel like you've you've wasted that beer or getting that item. But you can go back and get a 12-ounce if you really like it. But one of our friends had ordered a different beer. Which one was ordered? I can't remember which one. We wanted to order the APA. That was the Americanin APA. And we were going to split it. We were both really excited about it. Because it's a very specific type, like getting this type of APA beer. But you're expecting a very specific taste. Correct. And of course, you know, he orders it and we walk over, we pick up our stuff from the booth and he kind of looks at the cup and he says, I don't think this is the APA. That's what we ordered. And then they tell us, oh, we're out. We gave you the coffee blonde ale instead. So good thing he didn't try it and then was expecting to have an APA and you get a massive amount of blonde coffee ale flavoring but it was that, that would have been confusing it was a little bit i mean and, and it was just funny that we didn't find out that they were out of the apa until they poured the cup and handed it to us because we knew it didn't look right and of course you can kind of smell the coffee coming off of it so that was a fun fun story but i think you liked it anyway we the, did the it, it it was nice i'm not normally one to go for a coffee flavored ale because normally it can be quite bitter, but this one actually did taste really good. It had a good coffee taste to it, and I almost wanted to just add creamer to it and <laughs> drink it like a cold coffee, so it was nice. Now, from what I know about hops and barley, they have offerings from different parts of the country. You had the New England lobster roll, but also on their menu, they have the southern seafood bowl, so from two different regions of the country and that's also true with the beer offerings i think the beers are from different parts of the country is that correct yeah so they have a couple different ones i know that they have north coast which is out in california uh and another fun fact that angry orchard they have a angry orchard option of the rose hard cider which is actually from the town that I grew up in in New York. So yeah, they have a couple different options from all around and then they have another APA Heavy Seas from Baltimore. So I think they are just trying to grab as much variety as they can all throughout the country. Okay, well that sounds good. Now, what was next? So we made our way over to the Japan Pavilion and they have their own booth for food and wine. And I have a very strong opinion about this frothy ramen. So I'll let Shantae describe the food that she got at this booth first. I personally loved the frothy ramen. And I was surprised um, that I liked it because I love ramen, but traditionally ramen is served hot. It's like a very comforting type soup. But this one is cold, and um, it has a really good dashi broth. The noodles were cooked beautifully, and then it has an egg white froth on the top, and then it had the crunchy noodles on it as well. So going into it, you are able to get kind of a bite of everything, and it just it had a really good ramen flavor, something that you would expect from a ramen noodle soup. It had a really good flavor to it. It was different being cold. It had a different feel, of course, but it personally, I think it tasted really good. I enjoyed it. Well, it's good for Florida, too, having that is cold true. ramen versus hot ramen in the summer months. They've had this frothy ramen for a couple of festivals now, and I tried it last year, and I went in with the same expectation that I had last year, based on my experience. And I did not find that the dashi broth was as intense as I actually wanted it to be. I wanted this massive amount of dashi and this Asian flavor to take over my taste buds. And I did not get that last year. I will give credit where credit is due. It is definitely a little bit better than last year, but still not that same intensity that I like. And I think that's just one of the best things about food and wine is you try a food, 
you can share it with a bunch of people if you don't like something or if you don't like it it's a small amount of it so you don't feel like you've wasted getting this whole meal on this food item if you don't like it so again just because I necessarily didn't think it was my favorite or enjoy that food item the people we were with and Shantae were able to then enjoy it and they actually liked it and enjoyed that food item Plus, if you don't like it, you know there's another booth or another marketplace coming up where you can get something you you will enjoy. Yep, there's another booth right around the corner to get something, and that's exactly what I did. That is exactly what we did. (laughs) So what did you get next? So I love the Morocco Pavilion in general. I love the details behind every corner. I love the secret passages that you can go through in the Morocco Pavilion. So Morocco does have a booth that is set up for food and wine. And I got the spicy hummus fries and it has a cucumber and tomatoes and onions topped on top. Um, And it also has a tzatziki sauce and a chipotle sauce. And I had gotten this spicy hummus fries during the last food and wine And it was delicious. And so I went in having the same expectation that it was going to be the same. But let me tell you, that chipotle sauce was so spicy. I went in for that first bite, took a big old bite of the hummus fries. And I swear Shantae can can attest to this. Within about 10 seconds, I got the hiccups. My body reacts to spicy by choosing to give an onset of hiccups. And it lasted for a good 30 minutes. I couldn't make them stop. So maybe it was my order or maybe they changed the recipe, but that chipotle sauce is spicy. So go into that a little bit with caution if you don't like spicy. But basically the spicy hummus fries are little rectangles that are deep fried and it's just of chickpeas. So one good thing to note is that they're not just, you know, French fries that have this topping on it, but they're actually... I don't know what else to call them besides just little chickpea rectangles that have this yummy toppings on top. But I've always enjoyed them because they're crispy and they have that nice balance between the crispy and saltiness of the chickpeas, the fresh hummus and tomatoes and onions, and then the tzatziki sauce and the chipotle sauce, which shouldn't be as spicy, but it was. Well, Sam, I appreciate you sharing that story with the listeners because I once had the hiccups for three days. I had to go to the doctor and get a shot to get rid of the hiccups. But it could be because I had some spicy chipotle sauce and I just didn't realize what caused it. It definitely could have been. Shantae's laughing over here because it is so true. They lasted for a long time (laughs) and I couldn't get them to go away. But this is goes to show my personality. I really enjoy this meal anyway that I still finished eating it. She did. I mean, they they were really good, and it was worth getting the hiccups for. Definitely. It was spicy, but I agree with everything she said about it. It's definitely worth getting. If you like spicy, go for it. I love spicy, and I look forward to trying that, despite the possibility of getting the hiccups. (laughs) You have to weigh it, uh, you know, if it's worth it or not. That's true. That's true. So, Shantae, did you have anything at the Morocco Pavilion? Well, I did try the hummus fries and, of course, loved it. I have had the chocolate baklava in the past. Uh, I was going to ask about dessert because y'all haven't mentioned dessert yet. Now, chocolate baklava, that's got to be amazing. Chocolate baklava is definitely delicious. It has, I mean, I love baklava in general, but having that chocolate in there with the almonds it's just one of the most perfect desserts because it's not overwhelmingly sweet. They do use dark chocolate, so it has that bitter sweetness to it, but it's so good. It's healthy because it's dark chocolate then, right? Exactly. You don't have to feel guilty about it. And there are almonds on it too, so doesn't that count for something? Calories don't count when you're at Disney. (laughs) (laughs) My aunt used to say that too, but we live here, so we can't necessarily use that. Maybe if you're on vacation, you can use that comment. Sure. <laughs> well, I know the last time we were there, again, was October 2018. And my son, Rich, we were riding Living with the Land and saw a picture, an advertisement for crispy pork belly at the Brazil booth or marketplace. Does Brazil still have a booth there this year? Yeah, so they do. Brazil is one of my favorite booths, honestly. 
and oh, they have food. exactly what you were talking about. From what I remember, it had black beans with it. Which yeah, so it has a combination of black beans, tomatoes, and onions, but it's more like a sauce that's on the bottom of it. It was definitely delicious. We both actually got one for each of us, and the pork belly was definitely crispy, and I absolutely love the black beans. I do have to say, and I think this is my overall comment for festivals in general, is that just keep an eye out for the booths that necessarily don't have people running through it frequently because what can end up happening is that your food might be sitting under a heat lamp for a little while. So I had gotten this food item before Shantae did and then she got one after mine and mine definitely tasted like it had been sitting there for a little while. So although my pork belly was crispy, it wasn't right off the bat just came out of being fried and had the flavors that I necessarily wanted, but hers did. Mine did. Yeah, I I thought mine was cooked really well. It tasted fresh. And the black beans, they're not like whole black beans are kind of almost smashed a little bit because it kind of ended up like, like she said, like a sauce and it had the... I love pork belly. I love black beans. I love food, period. (laughs) But when Rich saw that picture, he said, oh, wow, we got to find that. We got to try. And we did. We both had it. It was amazing. And maybe three or four weeks ago, he mentioned again, I would love to go back and get some of that pork belly at Food and Wine Festival. So I'm hoping we can again someday. Yeah, it definitely was delicious and had the flavors that I had wanted. So I would also put that in terms of flavor profile in one of the higher level options because the black beans has its own set of flavors and then pork belly in general has its own set of flavors. And then you combine those two together and it had a really nice taste option. They have a good cheese bread there, too, from what I remember, or at least they did years ago. These are one of my favorite things in the entire world. And I've gone to Epcot with a couple friends at Food and Wine when it was open last year. And we went in and we took the boat across the lagoon just to get this cheese bread and then leave. That's how much we love this. But basically, it is a dinner roll and it's made of cheese bread and almond flour and it forms this ooey goodness on the inside and has this crust on the outside. So if you love cheese and you like cheese flavor and dinner rolls, it's like a combination of the both of them together. And it's one of my absolute favorites. And this one, they actually give you two rolls. So I feel like portion wise, it definitely is bigger than most others, but it's again, one of my favorites. And I know that a lot of people also like it as well. Oh yeah. It's nice and gooey and soft and and it's warm and you it's almost an unexpected texture because when you think of cheese bread you think of something you might get at like a pizza place that is like the cheesy garlic bread but this one like she said it's like a, a roll so it's really soft and has a really good taste so, and it is perfect to kind of go with that crispy pork belly and black beans it's a really good combination to get a flavor of brazil well, speaking of flavors, you know, I, I tend to just focus on the food because I'm not a drinker. So, but what about drinks? We did, and it was very surprising and unexpected, this drink that Shantae had gotten. And I was a little hesitant at first because it has a long name and a name that you don't see very often to know what that, like everyone knows vodka and tequila and rum. But then we had this. So I ordered this because... It had a unique name to it. I knew nothing about it and ended up doing research about it after the fact. But this is the frozen Kyperinia and the spirit in it is pronounced Cachaca. And what this is, the Kyperinia is actually the national cocktail of Brazil. So I found that to be a very fun fact. So traditionally, it's kind of close to a mojito where it has the lime and the like a cane sugar. It's kind of just a sweet citrusy type of drink but this one is made with cachaça which is similar to a rum but it's fermented with cane sugar as opposed to molasses so it has just a subtle sweet flavor with really bright citrusy notes to it and this one is served frozen so it is like a slush but it was delightful and it was such a good balance to the crispy pork belly that honestly I could have gone back for three more of these drinks And I don't like very sweet drinks in general. And I love this. It was hot. We're in Florida and it's the end of July. But this drink, I could have 
sat right on the beach and just drank it all day because it was so refreshing and I like that it had those nodes of citrus like you had said but it was again bright and refreshing and really delicious and surprising because I would have never ordered it because I again can't even pronounce that word and I think some people tend not to order certain things if they can't pronounce it and again there's a, a great nod to Epcot and Food and Wine Festival you try things that you don't necessarily order at a restaurant because you're going to get a big portion you order something that you can trial and have a small sample of and if you don't like it no big deal someone else in our you know in our party or someone else in your group would could finish it if they like it and if you don't like it you don't feel like you've wasted it so it's a great sampling of items around the world that you wouldn't necessarily order and that's one of the things i love about the food and wine festival in fact sometimes we will stop at, at a booth and one person will just order something and everyone will just take a bite so everyone is sampling the sample instead of one person eating it all and not sharing it and that way everybody gets just a taste and if you want to go back you can go back and get a portion of your own or you can move on to the next booth and try whatever is there so what's next yeah so i feel like this was my favorite moment of our day at epcot so the world showplace pavilion was open and it usually is open and it holds small classes when food and wine was open pre-covid currently and they would have small classes in there now when you say small classes are you talking about cooking classes yeah so they would have small cooking classes or like demonstrations so i know that they had a sushi making demonstration once in the showplace pavilion and so now that they don't have some of those classes and they have this massive space and it is Florida in the summer, I think they thought, hey, what else can we put in this showplace pavilion in order to give guests a place to sit and relax while also partaking in the booths that we present in here? So I know talking about the class, from time to time they've had certain celebrity chefs there. And I believe Julia Child was the very first celebrity chef back in 1996. And of course, the festival has grown so much since. I did not know that. That's a fun fact. I didn't know that either. And that's really neat that someone like Julia Child was the first celebrity. I mean, of all the celebrity chefs you could have had, I think that's perfect. Of course. Leave it to Disney. Leave it to Disney. I actually had a fantastic experience when I went to Food and Wine Festival last year. I went specifically for a demonstration with MasterChef winner Sean O'Neill. He won in season seven and he was my favorite and I found out he was going to be there. So I absolutely made it a plan to go and I watched his demonstration and it was one of the coolest experiences I think I've ever had. So hopefully in the future when Food and Wine Festival comes around again and they're able to operate normally, if they have these celebrity chefs come in for a demonstration, my recommendation is absolutely to look at who's coming and get that ticket and go watch because to watch them cook in front of you live and to experience that is really, really neat. Yeah, so in the World Showplace, they have three booths. One is the mac and cheese booth, and they have a lot of different options. We ended up getting the lobster mac and cheese and the macaroni that's topped with Italian sausage and peppers that are plant-based. So we were able to try both of those. And that lobster mac and cheese was one of my top favorites. It wasn't overwhelmingly flavored with lobster it had just the right amount of lobster flavor melted into that cheese in addition to having chunks of lobster on top so i found that it was you know had great flavor and the portion size was pretty big on that mac and cheese too it was um and then we had the like i said the macaroni and cheese with italian sausage that was plant-based and again this plant-based option it's one of those things that shocks me every time I tasted it and it tasted like real sausage and I guess I need to give plant-based more of a nod to it but it had really nice Italian sausage flavor that combined with the mac and cheese and the cheesiness was great combination 
Please tell me they also had a buffalo chicken mac and cheese. How'd you know? Yeah, so they did have buffalo mac and cheese, and... I'm just thinking buffalo mac and cheese goes together. I just love the taste and combination. They did have that option. I think at this point, we were kind of slowing down a little bit, and we were picking and choosing, you know... (laughs) options that are different that you don't normally choose but yeah they did have the buffalo mac and cheese and I know that a couple of friends of mine have had it as well and they definitely enjoyed it it had just the right amount of spiciness but also I think my hiccups probably couldn't have (laughs) sufficed (laughs) sufficed having something else that was spicy but from what they've said and from what I've seen it also is a really good option too so what else was in the show place for food? This was one thing I saw pictures of before I even had plans to go to the Food and Wine Festival. But they have the liquid nitro chocolate cake pops. And wow. when you think of a cake pop, you think of the little ones you might get at Starbucks. But no, these are a decent sized piece of chocolate cake on a stick. And it has like a chocolate ganache almost on the outside and then basically flash frozen with the liquid nitrogen and you can have it with just chocolate or you can have it topped they have either crumbled twix or crushed m&ms i opted for the m&ms because there wasn't enough chocolate on it but it was so good the chocolate cake inside was gooey it was moist and it had a really good rich chocolate flavor to it the chocolate ganache coating was very sweet but not overwhelmingly sweet and it just it was the perfect size it was so good and if you like chocolate absolutely stop and get it because it's a really cool experience with having it the the liquid nitrogen frozen because it's so it's cold you bite into it and it's cold but slowly it starts to warm up a little bit as you're eating it but it was so good and definitely worth going for it was a very unique option i had gotten the twix on top because i wanted something that was also a little bit different and did you get the left twix or the right twix (laughs) that's a very good question (laughs) i don't know maybe it was half of each or combination of everything But the Twix was a nice addition to it because the cake was so moist and then the outside ganache layer was crispy and had such a rich chocolate flavor that I feel like the Twix added that caramel aspect that it needed. Otherwise, it would have been, for at least for me, too much chocolate. I know some people say you can never have enough chocolate. But it was it was very rich for my flavor profile. So I ate a little bit of it, but then it was just too much for me in that moment. And we had gone, you know, through almost half of World Showcase at that moment. But I do have to say that last year for Food and Wine, they had a similar item that was liquid nitrogen chocolate, but they came more in a truffle form. So it was chocolate that was in like a circle truffle and then they flash fried it. So when you eat it, it was colder and it had more rich flavor, but tasted more like ice cream. And I know that every year Disney wants to do something that pushes the limit a little bit more. And this cake pop idea came through. And although I enjoyed it, I did kind of like what they had last year a little bit better because it stayed colder longer versus this cake pop which i feel like after a couple minutes the liquid nitrogen ganache layer had melted so it was just more like regular chocolate in that moment but again it was a nice new food item for for them to have developed sounds pretty amazing to me did you have any liquid refreshments i did because you can never have enough chocolate personally I'm a chocolate person myself, but I saw on the menu that they had a frozen s'mores drink. And the particular one I opted to go to was the alcoholic version. The frozen s'mores, it had whipped cream vodka in it. And it was so good. Something to note, which when we went to try it, Sam is laughing. The whipped cream vodka was kind of still sitting on top. So the first sip that we had was more vodka than anything else so if you get it side note give it a little stir and get that good mixes once we mixed it it was so good it was sweet chocolatey 
and they did have marshmallows on top. So it was a fun cold drink to have with all the other chocolate and sweets that they had offered there. There is a non-alcoholic version of the frozen s'mores. So if you want to try a frozen s'mores drink, but you're not into the vodka or anything else, they do have an option without it. Sounds like chocolate heaven right there to me. They should have renamed this booth. I mean, it says desserts and champagne, but it should have been chocolate and champagne because all they had was chocolate-themed stuff. So I actually opted for one of the next booths to get what I would call my dessert, which is one of my favorites, and it has been for the past couple festivals, and I really enjoy it. It is in the booth called the Appleseed Orchard, which has a lot of different varieties of food items and drink items that revolve around apples and they have a frozen apple pie and it is one of my favorites it's like a frozen slushy that tastes like apples and the bottom has chopped apples that's almost like apple sauce mixture and then on the top it has brown sugar crumbles on it so it literally tastes like you're drinking and eating an apple pie and it is so refreshing and one of the most balanced what I find desserts that they offer and it the flavor gets you because you don't expect it to have such an apple forward taste like a real apple you kind of expect maybe it tastes more like fake apple but it has such a balanced apple flavor and it's very enjoyable sounds pretty amazing we also had a couple different alcoholic beverages to sample in this booth as well and This was one of the most interesting options, I feel like, because they had so many different flavors and options to choose from. We ended up just choosing a couple to try them out because there was a group of us. We ended up getting Heavy Seas Brewery Tropicanon Citrus IPA, a Three Daughters Raspberry Lemon Dry Hard Cider, and Cider Boys Banana Bliss Hard Cider. And I just felt like I needed to get all the options because they sounded so delicious. So... I really enjoyed the raspberry lemonade dry hard cider. It was refreshing and had a good balance between raspberry and lemonade, which is sometimes hard to find. You normally get one or the other. And then the banana bliss was my absolute favorite drink this entire day. And I don't normally like sweet hard ciders. I go for more of the dry hard ciders, but this one was sweet enough, but that banana flavor came forward in a beautiful way and not a fake banana flavor, and it overpowered my mouth in such a good way. But there's a but because we ended up trying the Heavy Seas Brewery Tropicanon Citrus IPA, and I'm not one for IPAs in general, so I thought it was just me when I was drinking it, but there are multiple levels of this beer's flavor that for me personally and three other people in our group, nothing against Heavy Seas. I'm sure you have some nice flavored beers, but there were three different layers of this beer flavor. The first one hits you and you're like, oh, that's not that great. And then the second flavor hits you. You're like, oh, goodness gracious. And then the third one hits and your mouth is overpowered by this lingering taste of I can't even tell you. It ruined my mouth for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't go back to the Banana Bliss after that? Oh, no, I did. I took a sip of that Tropicana IPA and then was like, here, and handed it off. It's one of those drinks where you're at a party or you have a party trick where you're like, here, try this. This drink, it tastes delicious, just to see someone's reaction. Because that's what happened with Shantae. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, we're all kind of going about our business, trying the different drinks and the different food that we had in front of us. And Sam hands me this cup and she's like, hey, try this. I was not impressed, but it was definitely a fun bonding moment between the four of us (laughs) getting to share the experience of this drink. Well, there is definitely nothing like a good bond. That is true. It, It certainly brought us all together. And the Banana Bliss cider was fantastic. If you go, definitely go try this banana bliss hard cider it was so good and the whole experience inside of this world showplace pavilion was such a great time now where is the world showplace pavilion for our listeners that may not know where it is where is it located if you're walking from the uk pavilion to canada 
It's on the left-hand side in between two booths. There's a Joffrey station, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a pin station. And in between there, they normally have gates that close, but it's open between there. And it's in the back. And so you don't really expect that this big building is there, but it is massive, this building. So you're on your way to Canada, which is one of my favorite pavilions. And I love La Salle. We always, I say always, but... Most of the time, we try to get a reservation there so we can eat because I love the filet mignon. I love their creme brulee, their maple creme brulee. I love their pretzel bread. So did you stop at the Canada Pavilion? We did because you don't go to Epcot and not stop at the Canada Pavilion. True. At least that's true for me. In my opinion, whenever you can get a small filet mignon that is made from La Cellier, you can never go wrong. And that's what we did. We ended up getting the La Cellier beef filet mignon, and it has a truffle butter sauce with mushrooms on it, and it was delicious. A lot of times when you make small filet mignons, they can be overcooked or too salty to try to compensate, and I think that this had the perfect balance between freshness from the mushrooms, the truffle butter sauce, and added that flavor, that extra layer of truffle, and it was delicious. I would say, again, a comment about all food and wine is try to be a little careful of when you go up into the booths because a lot of this stuff can be pre-prepared and then just warmed for you or it can be sitting in that warming light and I feel like mine may have been sitting in that warming light for a little too long but the flavor was exactly where I wanted but it didn't have and if that's me just being spoiled it wasn't that true medium beef filet mignon that you would expect from a restaurant but those flavors were still there. Just to piggyback off of what she was saying about the filet mignon it tasted phenomenal. It had a really good flavor to it. It was still tender. And of course, like she mentioned, you could tell it maybe had been sitting. It was kind of bordering on more of the well done, medium well temperature, but I wasn't missing any flavor or anything. The truffle butter was fantastic and it definitely gives you a good idea of what you can expect from going to La Cellier. So if you're ever curious about that restaurant, it is difficult to get into, but this would be a really good maybe sample of what you can expect from going in there. Because of course it would be prepared fresh for you, but it does give you that a great sense of what you can expect with that restaurant. So you're at the Canada Pavilion, which is the, the last pavilion going clockwise from Mexico to Canada in the World Showcase, but I'm assuming there are still some more booths set up past Canada. And did you try anything at any of the other booths? I'm hoping you tried something at least at one other booth. Are you talking about the Hawaiian booth? Yes. <laughs> I had a special request that I stop at the Hawaii booth and try their Spam offering. So I hope you did. I'm a huge lover of Spam. I, I don't eat it very often, but I grew up as a kid eating Spam regularly. And I still love a good fried Spam sandwich. And I know they didn't have a fried Spam sandwich, but I do think they had at least one Spam offer. They did. And Joel, you and I are the same. I grew up eating Spam as well. I love a good fried Spam. So I had this last year and I was excited to come back again this year and try it. I think Sam had some reservations about it. But I will let her give you her experience first because you okay. can probably tell in my tone that I loved it. <laughs> okay, so let me just put this out there that I don't normally eat Spam. And again, I didn't grow up. I, I think it's a Southern thing, right? Like Spam is very Southern. And I grew up in New York and I don't know, we never had Spam. So Joel, you and I had talked and you said, you got to try this Spam. I thought in my head, oh, Lord. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it for the podcast. I'll do it so that I can talk about it because, you know, that's what a good reporter does to talk about things and has that experience. So I got the spam as well and Shantae got the spam. So we had two orders of and I had tried it and I said, oh, no, I'm going to have to keep on eating this to go back and try it again. And then I was like, you know what? Let me try the potatoes with it. And I said, nope, still don't like it. But I was like, let me just try the potatoes in isolation and those were yummy and the sauce was yummy but I'm not a spam texture person I loved the flavor of it and I loved the potatoes and the peppers and the onions that went with it and the spicy mayo which was not too spicy but 
I couldn't do the spam. I had to stop. But also, I feel like I've seen pictures of what this should have looked like, and I feel like ours had much more sauce. Now, when you say sauce, it was teriyaki spam. Is that correct? Yeah, so it's supposed to be teriyaki glazed spam with a hash of potatoes and peppers. But I feel like maybe ours was not ladled enough to take a lot of that extra juice and sauce out of it because we ended up with more like a soupy mixture of it. And so my spam wasn't crispy. It was, to me, it was just spam. And so I couldn't get past the flavor and the texture of it at the same time. I've seen pictures of other individuals getting this meal and theirs looks a lot different than what ours had. So although I appreciate and was fine with the flavor of it, texture, not so much. So Shantae can give you a, a better review of. <laughs> I will have to say in your defense, Sam, that Spam does have a certain texture to it. And a lot of people are visual eaters. If it doesn't look right, doesn't look good that also affect the way it tastes you or the way it feels or your experience with it. So, and I can tell you, I've never had a teriyaki glaze, so I can't imagine that, but Shantae, how was it? I personally loved it. Like I said, I had it last year and thought it was phenomenal. The texture of the Spam was pretty similar to the texture of the potatoes in it. So, you can kind of get an idea of maybe what to expect. I didn't get an overwhelming teriyaki flavor from it. I think maybe it could have been a little stronger if they're promoting a teriyaki glaze spam, maybe have it. So I don't know if maybe it had been sitting and this kind of goes along with what we've been saying because of the lower crowds, they're not turning out food as often and as quickly. So maybe it had sat for a little bit. That's why the texture was a little softer than it should have been. But the flavor was, to me, phenomenal. That spicy mayo was a really good balance to the spam and the potatoes were cooked really well. So it's one that I always go to when I go to a food and wine festival because I love it and it just, it had a really good balance of flavors to it. So if you like Spam or even are curious about trying it, I think this is a good introduction to it because you have other flavors to kind of go along with it and complement it. And it was a large portion too. Yes, it was. So it definitely could have been shared. I don't think we went in initially thinking it could have been, but it was, there was a large amount of, potatoes and spam with it but yeah I just couldn't do it <laughs> she ended up kind of scooping out all of her spam and having me get it from her dish because she just couldn't do it so I just was picking out the spam from her bowl because I'm not going to let a good spam go to waste <laughs> well Shantae I'm glad you enjoyed it and Sam I thank you for trying listen that's the a great thing about food and wine I had a small portion of something that I never would have tried before and I did and did I like it nope but I still tried it so I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you too. Now, this is the Hawaii marketplace. So surely they had some pineapple offerings. They did. And I feel like, unfortunately, because this was one of the last two booths that we had gone to, we were pretty full. So there were other options that I would have liked to try. Like they have a pork slider with sweet and sour dole pineapple chutney and a spicy mayo, which sounded really delicious. And then they also had a lot of different drinks that revolve around pineapples and, you know, the famous Dole Whip. So we ended up going for the Maui Brewing Company Pineapple Mana Wheat Beer because it sounded something that was very different. And although I didn't like it because I don't necessarily like wheat beer, there was a pineapple forward taste, which was very nice within it. And then they also have a sparkling pineapple wine and then a combination of, I think it's vodka and pineapple juice and grenadine, which they call the Alani Sunrise, which is for the DVC resort that's in Hawaii. So they had a lot of different options that were themed around Hawaiian food. You know, if we go back, definitely want to try. Okay, you said you had one other stop. One more stop. And what was that? We ended up stopping at the Citrus Blossom, and this is one of Food and Wines and one of the festival's major stop points because they have a souvenir that Shantae got. That is true, and this is a place that I always like to stop at because I love pretty much anything revolving around citrus lemon lime orange so if I can get something that is citrusy I will probably get it what about grapefruit I love grapefruit I think grapefruit is great and particularly the grapefruit beer that is in Germany the Schaufelhofer that 
Anyways, so the Citrus Blossom has a great souvenir orange bird sipper cup. And oh, I love orange bird. I'm a huge fan of the orange bird. Absolutely. I think it's so fun and it's so cute. So it's just the orange bird and it has a great straw from it. They do have a orange cream shake served inside of it and I got it because I wanted to try it orange cream it sounds good and summery and refreshing unfortunately it was probably one of my least favorite things of the day it almost had a kid's medicine taste to it so I don't know if it was the orange flavoring to it or what it was but it just had kind of a odd taste that I was not thrilled about I ended up taking a few sips and washing the cup out I did learn later on that you are able to still purchase the cup without the shake inside you don't get any kind of reduction in cost but if you don't want to waste the shake you can just get it without it i was just going to say that i have heard a lot of varying opinions too on this orange cream shake uh everyone loves orange bird and loves any type of souvenir cup that you can get and so it is adorable and definitely worth it but again, I've heard the same thing about this orange cream shake and that it's maybe too forward in the orange flavoring, not being a true orange flavor, but it might be that fake orange flavor that's coming through first to make it seem a little more like kids medicine. But I have heard people who have enjoyed that. So again, based on just wherever your taste buds are. That wraps up all the booths where you stopped and actually got something to eat or drink. Can you give us a rundown of the other booths that are at the festival this year? Sure. So as of right now, there are a couple of other booths that we did not get food at, but that are available. There is a booth called Islands of the Caribbean, and it has a couple options like jerk chicken and empanadas. And then there's uh, a booth in Mexico that has some ribeye tacos with some nice salsa on a corn tortilla. And they also have a pork tostada, which is just a fried corn tortilla with some pork on top with chipotle black beans. I know that there is a booth in Africa too that has a spicy Kenyan vegan corn and white bean mixture on quinoa and grains, which is plant-based that I've heard is pretty good. We didn't get to try it this time. And then do you want to comment on Germany since it's one of your favorites? It is. So I have stopped at the Germany Pavilion, the booth rather, in previous years, but they do have a really good pasta gratin with ham, onions, and cheese, which is really good. They have the roast bratwurst in a prop and propeller pretzel roll, which I did try last year, and it was phenomenal. And then, of course, the apple strudel with vanilla sauce, and they have a few different German beer offerings as well, which are always really good. And then the two other last ones are the Italy booth and the France booth. And I know that the Italy booth has had some other varieties before, but for some reason, for this food and wine, they have more limited options and more basic options. So they have a rustic Italian flatbread, which just has tomato sauce and cheese. And then they have a cheese tortellini option, which has like a vodka sauce on it and crispy bacon. And then for dessert, they have a cannoli. And again, also Italian beers and wines options as well. And then for France, these options are a little bit more adventurous. And I have had one of these options before. It is a goat cheese tart that has onions on a pastry and it is delicious. But I don't know why this year we ended up not getting it. But then they also have a, a duck confit, which is an adventurous option for some that don't necessarily go that route. But I have heard that it is delicious. I can tell you it is delicious. So you've had that one. Yeah, so a lot of different options. And there are so many different booths that can offer you a good variety of options. And you get to pick and choose where you want to go and what you want to try. And especially if you go in a larger group, it is nice that one person can get one item and you can get another and share those options to try many different things. So that's what we did and we had a lot of fun doing it absolutely and it is a great way to try things from around the world that you cannot find really anywhere else unless you go to those specific countries specifically like that drink in the brazil booth that i learned is the national cocktail of brazil but i would have never ordered anything like that if i wasn't at the food and wine festival so that wraps up all of the booths that are offered at food and wine 
so far this year. Well, before we wrap things up, is there anything else that our listeners need to know before they go? Yeah, so I think one of the major things that you should know is, as with anything, the parks in the summer, it gets very hot. And so you always want to be on the lookout for places that either you and your family can go rest at or that you and your family can go get water at. So a couple of the important facts that we ended up finding when we were visiting is that the World Show Place Pavilion, which we've been talking about, is a great place for you to go and relax. It's air conditioned. They have tables and chairs for you to sit at. And there's nice location where they are offering some of those food booths that we had said but also there is a musician that comes out and plays on the piano I think every 30 minutes maybe I believe so and it's just a nice place for you and your family to go relax get some of that AC even eat some of the the food that's in there and it's a place where kids can also sit and run around a little bit without having to worry about being around a lot of individuals so I just would say try to scout out some of those places beforehand so that you know you know where to take those breaks at so that was a really good place for us to take that break well thank you guys for being my guest on the lunchbox ghost thank you for all of your research thank you for your reporting and i'm going to put both of you on the spot i'm hoping that all of our listeners will be able to go to the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival this year, but, and if they do, I hope they will all try some of the foods that you have talked about today. But for those listeners and those foodish mortals that aren't able to go, I want each of you to pack a lunchbox for them. So, think about what you would put in their lunchbox as an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert, and then either a side or a bread and a drink. Well, I would choose the Spam now, wouldn't I? (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe that. (laughs) Dante, but I don't think you would. So if I had to choose an entree, I definitely would choose the Impossible Burger Slider. That was filling enough and had such flavor. And then I already know that my next option would be the Brazilian cheese bread because it's one of my favorites. And I think it's consistent year after year. So I would say the Impossible Burger Slider, and the cheese bread. And then if I had to choose a drink, it would be the Cider Boys Banana Bliss Hard Cider. And although maybe all the combinations might not be the best all together, but in isolation, I feel that those are the top three that I had had throughout this experience being at Food & Wine. So that would be me, my lunchbox, minus the spam. <laughs> no dessert? Oh, dessert. I forgot the dessert. Oh, the apple pie frozen slushy. That is always one of my favorites. And again, consistent every year. And yeah, it can it can be a good nice little option there. Absolutely. Okay, Shante, what would you pack in the lunchbox? Oh boy. So I feel like I would definitely put the Mongolian beef bao bun in there because that was such a good little bite of food. It had such a good flavor. I believe for the entree. Honestly, I know we joked about it, but I would put that spam hash in there because it is I don't I don't know if it's if it is such a southern thing, but I feel like people should venture out and try it. Spam, I feel like it's such a bad rap. Dessert, assuming we can keep it cold enough. I would definitely do the nitro cake pop because it, it was so fun and especially if you're a chocolate lover. And that drink, I would have to do that Brazilian drink, the Caipirinha. That was so good. It was so sweet. And I think that would be my lunchbox. Well, please keep in mind that the Lunchbox Ghost Lunchbox is magical. It can keep everything frozen. It can keep it warm. It can keep it hot. You can pack as much in it as you want to. So I love it. thank y'all for, again, the research. I'm glad you had a good time at Food and Wine. Thank you again for being my guest on this episode of the Lunchbox Ghost. I look forward to having each of you again. Thank you, foodish mortals, for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lunchbox Ghost podcast. Please join me again next time to see what the Lunchbox has for you. I am dying to have you. Ah. There you are, and just in time. There's a little matter I forgot to mention. 
Beware of lingering hunger for Disney's culinary craving. <laughs> Hurry back. Hurry back. Be sure to bring your appetite. Make final arrangements now to join us next time for more foodish morsels. We're dying to have you. If you would like to join our jamboree, be sure to like, share, comment, and rate the Lunchbox Ghost on all of your favorite social media and podcast platforms. Hurry over as we would love your company. Now, if this episode has given you hunger pains, be on the lookout for our blog to discover more delectable delights. You've been listening to the Lunchbox Ghost Podcast, part of the Imagination Radio Network and a BRS production.